morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Life Alchemy. I'm Hema, and I'm joined by my fellow podcast co-hosts, Roz, Chris, and Sarah. Today, we will be talking about boundaries. So just thinking about what are they, um, how to set them, and what happens when they're not there. So with that in mind, I'm just going to kick it open and just ask people about their experience of um, boundary setting. For me, it's quite a new thing, actually, weirdly. Um, maybe I'm just maturing a little bit too late. <laughs> I still feel nine in my head. <laughs> and I think that there lies the problem. But yeah, it became quite a new thing, um, probably because I wasn't aware that I was a deep-rooted people pleaser. I just wasn't mm. aware of it. Um, it wasn't until I became a real adult, <laughs> a proper adult, that I had to make decisions for my children, for my wife, for my business, you know, all those things when you're not keeping people happy. It's almost impossible to keep people happy when you take on a leadership role. So I think the boundaries thing is really exciting for me, but also equally terrifying because mm. I wouldn't say it's brand new territory, but it feels quite new. Mm. I don't know what anyone else it- feels. Well, is that that might be because you've given it a label and you didn't really realise it yeah. was a thing. Um, well, here I am on my birthday, so I've already broken a boundary because I was going to have the day off. <laughs> Happy oh, birthday. But you wanted no, to spend it with no, us, didn't no, you? Of course you did. I make, <laughs> but I make the point um, consciously because boundaries mm. really are about what you decide they're going to be. And I, I do a lot of boundary work with my clients. And in fact my next module on my online course is boundaries, or I'm calling it battleship boundaries. Um, and so I've just been immersed in a bunch of research about it. And you're right, Chris. I mean, probably 90% of our behavior comes from kind of childhood conditioning. So we're taught certain ways to behave or certain ways that we get rewarded if we behave. You know, mm-hmm. if I show up and do this, I get that. Or, you know, good girls don't do whatever. And of course, there's social conditioning, there's our family conditioning, and it and it leads us to create, yeah, these boundaries or these kind of rules about ourselves. Mm. And then when you get older and you get more autonomous in lots of ways, you still find that a lot of those rules or those boundaries are being broken. And then you go, oh, they've broken my boundary, or I allowed my boundary to be broken again. And then you feel really rubbish about yourself. Mm. Um, And I I think people pleasing is probably the biggest one um you know if you had to give everything a really big people pleasing or putting a gloss on it which is a bit yeah. like covered in toxic positivity yeah. and I'm a really big fan of pink you know the singer and yeah. she's got a song called family portrait and in the song family portrait it's like they've all got this lovely family portrait on the sideboard and the family is in Armageddon and they're all <laughs> meltdown and the parents are screaming and they're about to divorce and I think her parents did divorce wow. and she's the kid in this song and she's basically singing and I've even got the words somewhere um she sings hang on I've got it here oh I promise I'll be better mummy I'll do anything I promise I'll do anything to keep you there Can we work it out? Can we be a family? I promise I'll be better. I promise, I promise. Daddy, please don't leave. The trouble is, as a kid, 
kids are narcissists, okay, in the nicest possible sense of the word, <laughs> but they are because their little world revolves around them and they're not really aware of other objective things. And so mummy and daddy are unhappy. Everything's going to hell in a handcart. It must be my fault. Mm. Therefore, if I'm better, it will all be okay. And the trouble is, you're right, Chris, you wake up and you're 35, you're 40, you're 45, you're 50, and you are still doing the same thing, feeling the same way. And you Mm. can't understand why you allow everybody to trample all over what you want to be your boundaries. Does that all make sense? 100%. You've probably unlocked something for me there. Thanks for that therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the bill's on its way. (laughs) Um, I think, think, um, for me, exactly the same, like what you have said, Chris, is my own experience as well. And I feel like when I look back over my life, I was always, I said my former self um, was always so shy. And it was like just labelled as, oh, she's just shy or really accommodating but actually what it was is it was actually massive people pleasing Mm. and being absolutely terrified to have an opinion or to disagree with something and and what I'm figuring as well um just very recently even um that a lot of it is has been tied up in um toxic relationships and gaslighting like gaslighting is something that people have been talking about and I'm really just starting Mm. to learn about it now and a lot of that really involves a lot of boundaries and where when you're being gaslit you're not aware that your boundaries are being like trampled all over and yeah and what I'm realizing now is that I've always done things to appease people because I always felt and try to get approval from people and because I always felt that I could never really understand why someone was angry with me or why Mm. someone felt hurt and it was a way of being manipulated. So I had zero boundaries. I I didn't even know that that was the situation, that that was happening. I had no boundaries. But it's really only in the last sort of five to ten years that I've started to be aware that boundaries exist and that I'm allowed to, um, to have a voice and to use mm. it. Um, and when you say about um, – you said before, oh, but it's actually terrifying, and it is terrifying because mm. it feels – it feels really counterintuitive yeah. to make a stand and to say, actually, do you know what? This this isn't. I'm not happy with this. This is. And you try to protect yourself. It feels counterintuitive because you're there's that fear that the other person is going to not like you. They're going to hate you. They're going to be feel really hurt. Yeah. But, all, but it's counterintuitive because all the time you're doing that, they take you're giving your power away all the time. Um. But in actual fact, the more you stand your ground, the more clear, clear you are about your own boundaries and the more you kind of stand strong with your boundaries, the more respect and the more approval you're going to get. So it's it's a difficult one, but I guess it's just practice, isn't it? And, and I don't think it ever ends because I think life is always going to throw you situations or people or experiences or relationships that are always going to test your boundaries. And so sometimes... You know, it's kind of like a an ebb and a flow, isn't it? Like sometimes mm. you're going to catch yourself, and it's when you feel that icky feeling, or or you feel, oh, actually, this doesn't feel quite right, um, mm. that you realise some things, some boundaries are being crossed here. Um, you know why, don't you? So everybody, fold their arms, okay? Just fold your arms really quickly. Now fold your arms the other way. 
Uh, <laughs> How weird does that feel? It does feel weird. Yeah, and the, the trouble is, the brain likes what's familiar. Okay? Yeah. And so, even though it's not really serving you, and even though you didn't even know you signed up for it, because you know, we go back to the childhood and, and that's what happened. And that was how you learned to behave and how you created these kind of weird boundaries. And then they get broken and then you don't mm. like it. Um, you've got to make what's unfamiliar familiar. And it's like mm. that. It's like try brushing your teeth tonight with your other hand. Right? Uh, it's weird, but you can get used to it. Um, but knowing it and recognizing it and really just going with your feeling mm. is probably the biggest, you know, save you a lot of money in therapy, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm doing myself a disservice here. Um, but actually recognizing it feels off. And why does it feel off? And why did I allow that to happen? That's because the boundary you have is really not your own or of your choosing. And what would you like your boundary to be like? That's kind of the process, really. I think there is something quite interesting. You know, Chris, you said earlier about it um, feeling like it's come late to you in life. Yeah. I can definitely res that resonates with me. I feel like it's come late to me. And I'm stuck at a 12-year-old. So I'm not nine, I'm 12 on the inside. And a 12-year-old boy at that was slightly disturbing. But um, <laughs> that's another story. Um, you can something. identify as whatever you like, Helen. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think there is something about just having that awareness of, like you said there, Roz, what do you want your boundaries to be? Because often... You know, when I think back to when a boundary was crossed, I remember one time I had a boyfriend who was an awful person and we had a really difficult relationship. And the only time I felt that I stood my ground was when he was unfaithful. So that was the, the boundary in my mind was that there was no coming back from that. So end of. Mm. Um, but in And it was a clear boundary, but it... When I think about it, I think there were so many things where I didn't really create my own boundaries, create my own space and respect them. Mm. And, you know, that responsibility, I think, is on us to think about, you know, what do we accept? What do we want to tolerate? What do we not want to tolerate? And Sarah, you said something quite interesting, which was like, you get that feeling of resentment, don't you? When something yeah. feels like you'll say something and deep down you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I used to be typically, like, that's typically me. So um, I'm learning, and I think I might have said it last week, around, you know, not to lie, not to apologise, if I don't want to do something, just say yeah. something. It was really mm. first. I was like, I can't do that. And then the, the, when I tried it, actually, everyone was like, yeah, that's fine. And it's got easier and it just is now it's quite enjoyable. So mm. there's something about understanding our own and then respecting them. Mm. Um, the thing that's coming into my head is actually, I guess there are different kinds of boundaries, aren't there? I guess there yeah. are what, like mental boundaries, emotional boundaries, boundaries physical. with time. I mean, physical, physical, your body. I mean, if you think about it, the biggest boundary you have is your skin. Yeah. And your skin holds your body mm. and you hold your own boundary to your body. And so you decide what will and won't literally yeah. go into your body. Yeah. I mean, without us going into massive controversy and getting banned by every channel we're going to be broadcast on, 
in the big C debate at the moment, you know, there is a bit of about what's the sovereignty of my body? You know, mm. should I be forced to take uh, something that I don't want to take? Yeah. To protect somebody else, maybe. Okay. But at the end of the day, my ultimate sovereignty is to my own body. And of course, that goes back to sexual shaming or women mm. or anybody being exploited. You know, it, it's your body. So I think that that physical boundary, your body, your skin is is paramount, isn't it? Mm, mm. Absolutely. I think it's really interesting what you're saying, because my um, <clears throat> when it came to me that I'd kind of not set boundaries and or the early warning signals when I was younger, and it was in a bizarre way, this, I, I was really fearful of everybody who I knew being in the same room at the same time. And oh. I didn't really understand where that was coming from. Yeah. And you can only really connect, kind of connect the dots and make sense of most things when you look back over. Now, when I look back, it's because I was saying yes to people when on the inside, I should have been saying no. And I didn't want them to kind of collide and come together if you know what I mean, because it, yeah. it would have kind of, it would have kind of exposed me as a person to be a liar, even though I wasn't a liar. <laughs> I wasn't a liar. I was just trying to please people. But in that mm. process, I was living a lie in many respects. Yeah, you were turning mm -hmm. up how they wanted you. Yeah. Not how you were, not with the exactly. consistency of being you. And there was a really interesting spot on there. And there's a really interesting question. It, it came from me being in a miserable state and not realizing it. And once I started to identify that I was miserable, I then started to backtrack with a coach. And the question was asked is, what am I becoming? Mm. And it was that one question mm. that sent me on a bit of a, a journey of saying no without explanation. Oh, yeah. And that's hard. Like, that's hard. That it's was the familiar. exact opposite like I've got a lot of confidence now but back then I had very little confidence to carry this through but I had a commitment to it mm. and unfortunately or fortunately whichever way you look at life it dismantled a few relationships now yeah. I'm going to be honest with you as hard as they are it's probably the best thing that's ever happened there's still some residual guilt about it because we, we attach labels to people in our family and we go, well, you must have a relationship with such and such because everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. It's That's mm -hmm. another lie. And, no, it's not and, true. And once I identified, actually, that's making me miserable and the consequences are we have to move and split apart, mm -hmm. everything changed for me. Mm -hmm. and, and And for those other people involved, even though they probably wouldn't admit it, but for me, I think there's a couple of things, you know, you've got to, you've got to ask, how can I respond in alignment with how I'm feeling, mm. what my beliefs are, what my morals are, mm. and, and as well, give a bit of time between it. Mm. And also, what do you need? Because yeah. the trouble about responding in alignment with your feeling, and, I'm, and you know, I talked earlier about feeling off, mm. Mm. but you might be so conditioned to never even respecting yeah. your own feelings or putting, putting yourself first yeah that it, it, it won't feel at all familiar and now you know you might have even yeah. grown up in a house culture whatever where you know don't be so selfish you know if you put yourself <laughs> first you know god yeah. forbid, 
you know, we use that oxygen analogy, don't we? And 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 women, particularly of a certain age, you know, they're they're rubbish, you know, and they go and go and go and go and go, and they think that that that's really good, and they're being really lovely, and and then they just fall off the edge of the cliff, you know. Yeah. And it's like when you get on the plane, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on before your kids, yeah. otherwise you are unconscious, and that <laughs> takes a lot of coaching. Mm. I'm sure you guys all do that too. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the, it's all about facing the right way, isn't it? You know, that was, that phrase was said to me years ago, you know, whenever you're tackling something, you've got to be sure to be facing the right way and not facing outward. Yes, outward is is a really important thing to do and look for people in the room and, and help them out. But also we've got to spend that time facing inwards. Yeah. And that, that for me, that really changed a lot. Of. I think um, following on what, you were saying Chris about um about the kind of having what what's coming up for me is about respect and it's about mm. respecting having respect for yourself and also respecting other people and knowing that other people should have respect for you and I think if they're not respecting you then they're not respecting your boundaries so like when you were saying yeah. feeling like you don't ha- you can say no and you don't have to give an explanation and if someone respects you they'll just accept it and they'll go okay yeah fine but if someone's not respecting you and your boundaries they'll be pressing you and saying well why I don't understand why but they just need to give you that you know that time that space or just respects that you're either going to open up and share it or you're not um so yeah having respect yourself not to have to give explanations and then also I was going going back to the point about Hema when you were saying the different types of boundaries and what you were saying about the body and then it made me think about like the mind and like boundaries and it's coming up as protection as well like we have these brown boundaries to protect ourselves so it's also with the mind you know what are we feeding our mind what are we consuming and that's from things that we are reading programs we're watching news the people in our lives yeah and then the circle like who do we allow in our circle because the kind of people we have around us that's definitely going to have an effect on on who we are as a as a person and now I'm so um, I'm so careful who I let in my circle around me that if someone doesn't respect my boundaries, they are gone. Like, yeah, me too. There's no trying to work it out. There's no trying to educate. No, they either respect my boundaries or they're out, you know, because if someone's not respecting your boundaries, they're draining you. They're taking your energy away from you. You know, they're taking your power. Uh, but then at the same time, you know, you have to just not allow that to happen, which is why I've learned and regardless of who it is, like Chris, like you were saying, they could be really close, you know, the people yeah, who should be, could be around They could be, you know. Friends. Yeah, but just saying no um, and just protecting yourself in a, your circle, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the bubble idea, Sarah, like there was, um, it, while you all were talking, it made me think back to like an experience I had when I was quite... Um, probably like mid-twenties, I was in an office and I didn't have a very good relationship with my boss at the time. She'd gone away on maternity leave. I was very happy about that because my life was like heaven while she was gone. And <laughs> when she came back, I remember feeling like, um, and I couldn't put it to, like, I knew she came back from maternity leave, but literally all of a sudden in my desk where I was sitting, we used to sit in those cubicles, you know, like with the little barriers in between the desks all sitting quite close together. And she was sitting on um, the, the table, the, the next table away at the other side, there was sort of like two barriers between us, if you like. Anyway, um, 
I felt fine. And all of a sudden, it was about two weeks later, every time I came to my desk, I felt really uncomfortable and I couldn't really explain it. And I didn't know what it was. Like, I just didn't feel right. And after a while, I realised that she had switched desks and she had moved, um, like, a barrier closer. And I felt that that was having an impact. So I couldn't explain that to anyone because they might have thought I was mad. But I moved desks and I realised the minute I moved desks, I felt... No way. At distance, yeah. And I didn't understand it then, and there's still so much that I don't fully understand now, but there is something energetically, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Well. Mm. No. Um, well, yes, the, tr- so. the, the trouble is, again, sorry, being the psychologist here, um, but I hope you're, hope you're all going to scribble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Pen, pens are the ready, everybody. Um <laughs> This thing about taking the behaviours we we learn as children and the trouble is other people bust your boundaries because that's what maybe they learn got them what they want. So there's a biscuit test with kids. Nice plate of biscuits. Well, plate of biscuits, some really nice, some really rubbish. You know, so chocolate chip, nice, whatever, like boring, boring, boring. And they put kids in a room and they kind of go, you know, you take the biscuit and, and you see these behaviours and they're either kind of, no, 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 you choose first, you know, and the kid really wants the chocolate chip cookie, <laughs> you know, and then the other ones get the chocolate chip cookie and they take the digestive. Um, and they're kind of doing it to to please them, to to make them like them. You know, it's like, if I'm nice to you, you will like me. Um the trouble is it can lead to being quite martyrish if you keep that sort of behaviour going right until adulthood. It's like you and you yeah. and, and you never even learn what your own wants are. You know, mm. um, Julia Roberts in The Runaway Bride, there's a scene where she cries because she doesn't know how she wants her eggs in a cafe because a diner, because she's always, you know, Brad had his eggs fried. I had my eggs fried. You know, Doodah had his eggs poached. I had my eggs poached. I don't even know how I like my eggs. But, you know, it it sounds like an existentialist, you know, breakdown. But in a way, it's really important. And then you get the kids who take what they want. Well, I will have that one. And you're like, I don't like them. You know, and then yeah. they probably turn out to be Donald Trump and <laughs> you know, like that. But, you know, and they probably get their own way, but they probably don't make a lot of friends along the way. Yeah. So the, the trouble is these behaviours come and, and so they're used to what they're doing and you're used to kind of either allowing it or not allowing mm. it. And you're right. And you get to a point where you're in the office and you're like, what is going on? I'm really, you know, she, she's yeah. She's a biscuit stealer and I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm a biscuit, you know, like trying to be fair person. And 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 it sounds crazy, but this is what happens. So it's true. And, and Chris, you said about knowing what you want. And I think that is the issue. Yeah. And the trouble is because you often haven't, the Julia Roberts, I don't even know how I like my eggs. Yeah. People go, but I don't even know what I want because I've never been allowed to have it. And so I'm going to throw in the Wizard of Oz because I've been thinking a lot about things recently, a lot of things. And I love the Wizard of Oz. And if you think about the Wizard of Oz, they all go to find the wizard because they Mm. think the wizard's going to give them something. Dorothy wants to go home. Mm. Scarecrow wants a heart. The Tin Man wants (laughs) um, a brain. And the Lion wants courage. 
And they get to Oz and they find Oz is a, a fake and he's a flimflam artist behind a curtain going, the great and powerful Oz. And they're like, oh, my God, we've come all this way to get these things and he can't give us them. And he goes, what did you do on the journey? So this is very much a hero's journey, actually. Mm. Um, what did you do on the journey? Well, we fought off these flying monkeys and all this malarkey. You did have courage. You did have a brain. You did, you know, and all the time you knew that home was in your heart. So what they learn in The Wizard of Oz is actually the very thing they're seeking they have inside themselves. Mm. Wow. Super powerful, that. Mm. Mm. I think the extremes of anything are just as damaging as each other, aren't they? Yeah. You know, over people pleasing is just as bad as the Trumps of the world who, who trample around getting what they want. Balance, isn't it? It's finding that Yeah, balance. definitely. So on that note, if we were going to um, leave our listeners with one thing, uh, one idea, one thought, uh, something to follow, what would you share? Oh. Um, well, him thinking about the energy, one thing I was listening to this meditation the other day, and I do this sometimes um, anyway, but normally like a protection bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this thing about boundaries, and it was an energy boundary, and it's the same. It's the same concept. So imagine yourself um, to you know take some time out to meditate, breathe, get in the right space. But imagine yourself surrounded inside an egg. So the egg, you know, it, it goes into the earth below your feet, and it goes above your head, and you're completely surrounded by this egg. And the egg can be like gold, or it can be like full of rainbow colours, or you know, however you want this to look. Um, and then imagine that this egg is like a the, the shell is like the boundary of a, a cell where it only allows in the goodness that you need. And it keeps out all of the stuff that is bad and negative. Um, and there was also a visualization where in this meditation where you call upon the universe and you ask the universe, do you calling back to yourself to come into the egg, into your space, all of the power that you have given away in the past? And you're calling it all back into this nice little egg. You're protected. I mean, good stuff comes in and anything that's not worthy or, you know, it just stays out and you just keep yourself protected. So I think on a spiritual level, um, it's beautiful, but also on a psychological level, if you're doing that all the time, it's just having that, keeping that awareness that, you know, having to protect yourself and maintain your boundaries at the forefront of your mind. Um, So that I thought was really, like, really simple, but powerful. Well, there's a podcast there, Sarah. (laughs) There's a podcast there. I think we should put that on the list to chat about. Definitely. Um, for, that's really nice. I love that. And I, I might ask you a few questions after the podcast about that because I've, um, yeah, I'm just really interested in it. But <clears throat> on a on kind of a practical level as well, what the who to follow or what to follow for me is um, I separated my wants and needs. When I was in that predicament, I separated what do I need and what do I want? And I separated them into two lists. And then what I did was, so the first one was identify what they were. The second thing to do was to work out which one is non-negotiable, which mm. one am I absolutely not going to get rid of? And some of the ones actually were, there was quite a lot of ones that weren't non-negotiable. Others I would go, well, I could live without that. I'd be okay without that. And then the last one, the third one is the biggie. It's the practical one. And that's just communicate it. 
you know, go out to the world and communicate your intentions, tell people and share and answer those questions when people ask you with honesty, you know, do you want this? No, I don't. Thank you, though. And that's mm. it. It doesn't get more complicated than that. And and that's the three-step process that I followed. But it all stemmed from, <clears throat> excuse me, identifying what do I need and what do I really want? Massively yeah. helpful. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. How about you, Rose? Well, I'm... Um... I would just say that in terms of like who to follow, I, I've been reading Adriana or Adriana Huffington's book, Fearless. Mm-hmm. And I posted today uh, Diane Keaton on being 60. And uh, I think it pretty much sums up how I feel, to be honest, because she's basically going, it, it's very much like that Regrets of the Dying, you know, book that she talks about her father and what he regretted and what he regretted was not saying no, not saying yes, not being himself, not being true to himself and and being fearful of what other people would think. And I have to say the older I get, the less I care. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. I can, um, just from me, I definitely, I can vouch for the bubble because bub- um, Sarah shared the bubble idea with me a little while ago. I've used it, it made a massive difference. And then I also passed the bubble idea on to somebody else who also said it really transformed how they were feeling and in turn the reaction they got from other people. So um, we'll definitely talk about the bubble more, I think, um, in one of our future podcasts. Um, and then I think the final thing for me, just to say it's all about, for me, like just to be really clear on when to say yes and how to say no. Yeah. Um, and just hold those two questions in my mind, at the forefront of your mind when when you're doing anything, really, because I sometimes think boundaries feel like a big thing that you need to cross, when actually I think they are small, everyday interactions that happen constantly. So, um, yeah, I've got a Canadian friend, and she says people show you who they are by how they turn up. Mm. And I think a lot of it is just what you do or don't do. So, you know, I'll have a client who goes, oh, they're constantly ringing me at 11 o'clock. It's terrible. And I go, and? And they go, <laughs> oh, I go, don't answer the phone. <laughs> it's like if yeah. you're somebody who goes away on holiday, don't disturb me while I'm on holiday. And then people from the office send you emails and you answer them, yeah. you know, and then you're really angry. It's like, yeah. Boundaries are there for you to set, really, aren't they? Yeah. Understand to set, to hold, protect, and to respect. And if you don't, no one else is going to, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, Just to add, I'm just got a little shout out. I won't say the name, but I'm super proud of one of my clients at the moment because she started a new job, and it's a promotion. It's a completely new. You know, she's only been there, but before she started, she even said, "Look, this time I want to go in and I want to make sure that." I've got this real balance. I'm protecting my time. I'm not doing overtime. And we're working through it. And she's doing, I think it's so brave because I think in a, a situation like that where you've, you've got a new job and you're in a probation period, you're terrified of rocking the boat, mm. you know. But she's she's like, no, I want to start something to go on. And I just think that's amazing. So you're doing a lot of boundary work with her. And I just think she's Brilliant. so brave to do that. So, Yeah. So what I'm saying is it doesn't matter what the situation is. Like people might think, oh, you can't say that when you've got a new job. Yeah, you're lucky. No, say it. Speak up. Use your voice. Like look after yourself. Protect yourself. Yeah. On that note, 
Um, I think this has been a really interesting chat, actually. Yeah. I've away loads from it about, you know, we've covered things from like, how do we understand what our own boundaries are? You know, how we morph from people pleasers to understanding what we need versus what we want. Um, mm. How different boundaries actually uh, manifest, whether it's energetically, whether it's your body, whether it's time, whether it's material stuff, physical, mental. Um and I feel like I've taken away so much. We've discussed so many things around like what actually we can do to start understanding our own boundaries and respecting them. So um, I, I think it's been a great conversation. Me too. Me too. Oh, me, too. me too. I've loved it. Thank you. So um, from us, I guess we shall see you all next time. Um, but thank you for listening. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from the birthday girl. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye from me. <laughs>